Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. The economic damage from the pandemic is unlike anything we've seen in decades. Many of us received a stimulus check, which I hope was helpful for whatever situation you're in. But the fact is, people need a lot more help, which is why I want to talk about Stockton. Over the last year, Stockton has been experimenting with universal basic income, giving 125 people 500 bucks each month for whatever they want to spend it on. It's one way the city is trying to help people in poverty. Right now, during this pandemic, that $500 is keeping many people being able to at least buy the essentials. They may not be able to pay all of the rent, but they can put some food on the table. Today, what we've learned so far from Stockton's experiment. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. The population of Stockton has grown to about 300,000, and... Obviously, there have been a lot of changes, both in the demographics, so that Stockton is now the most diverse city in the country. Rich Ibera is a correspondent for Capital Public Radio. He's also lived in Stockton since 1977 and was a TV reporter throughout the area for decades. 
Well, the late 70s, I think uh, Stockton has always had a problem in terms of economics. You know, the median income in Stockton is $46,000, just about there. In 2008, Stockton was hit really hard by the financial crisis. What happened to the city at that time? Well, it wasn't just the city, it was the entire county too. Foreclosures are still climbing, and Stockton has the worst rates in the nation for the third quarter of this year. California cities accounted for seven of the top 25 foreclosure rates. KCRA3's Rich Ibera has a look. Stockton, and in basically when I say Stockton, I mean the surrounding metro area too, which includes Manteca, Lathrop, Lodi, all those areas. This was the foreclosure capital of the world. In Stockton, foreclosures rose more than 31%. In Sacramento, more than 34%. In turn, that has led to the biggest housing slump in 16 years and property values nationwide. This was the most underwater region of any area in the country, really. You had houses, say for instance, in Lathrop or Stockton, they were selling at $750,000 to begin with. But when the bottom dropped out of the market, they went down to 250000 So most people just walked away from the homes. They didn't even bother trying to refinance. They were just gone. And of course, unemployment just soared through the roof. That was more than 10 years ago. What have been some of the lasting impacts of that recession that we can still see in Stockton today? I'll give you an example. In 2011, Forbes magazine named Stockton as the most miserable city in the United States. In 2016, Forbes ranked Stockton again for the distinction of being the worst city to find a job. And in 2011, remember, Stockton went into bankruptcy. They had a $26 million gap that they could not fund from their uh, existing funds or taxes or anything else. So their only source was to go into bankruptcy. The largest city in the United States at that time to file for bankruptcy. So where does Mayor Michael Tubbs fit into all this? In 2016, Mayor Michael Tubbs was elected mayor. Michael Tubbs says the people in Stockton have spoken. He won the election with a 40% point victory. He is now the first black mayor in Stockton. In fact, the youngest mayor for the size of a city that he became mayor of, and he took his role in 2017. And during that time, that's when he came up with the SEED project. Beginning in 2019, the Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration will give at least 100 Stocktonians an unconditional income. Uh, it was to have a project that allowed for basic guaranteed income. You have to remember that Tubbs grew up in the household of a single mom. The dad was out of the picture, so he knew what poverty was like. I kept saying, like, well, poverty seems to be the crux for a lot of these issues, whether it's economic development and educational attainment, whether it's violence and crime, um, whether it's education, like, housing costs. Like, everything seems to stem from the fact that so much of our community is, or 23% of our community is in poverty, and that 30% are one paycheck away, and that those people aren't bad. He went on to Stanford on a scholarship, and then later on into Washington, and saw many of those programs and how they worked, and he was able to bring about a private donor that infused $3 million into this program. So that was the start of it. Um, so a group called the Economic Security Project was looking for a city to pilot with philanthropic funding, no taxpayer dollars. And given the challenges of Stockton, but also given the resilience and the brilliance of the residents, I thought it would be a good fit for us. A lot of the work around universal basic income has ties to the Bay Area. 
That nonprofit, the Economic Security Project, was started with the help of Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes. And another co-founder, Natalie Foster, lives in Oakland. The organization gave a million dollars to the Stockton program. Guaranteed income is also a popular idea among many tech executives in Silicon Valley, and some of them helped fund the project too. By early 2019, the experiment was ready to go, and it officially got started in February of that year. What are the basics of the program? How does it work? Basically what they were looking at is people who were below the median income, and that involved neighborhoods. So 4,000 questionnaires were sent out to those people in those areas that qualified. And what makes a neighborhood qualify? That they were below the 46,000 median income. Okay, so they could identify that. And so when they received the questionnaires, they were selected 125 people at random. When I say at random, I mean, I'm talking about single moms, single dads. We're talking about disabled people, retired people, elderly people, and people who may even been more well off than the median income. It was strictly random. And the idea was, How is this going to make a difference in their lives? The idea is that it be as universal as possible, meaning you win me. So someone who makes $70,000 could get it, someone who makes $7,000 would be equally eligible to well qualify. Um, and then the second tenet will be that it'll be no strings attached, that we trust that people are smart and resilient and would make the best decision for them and their families with the money, understanding that everyone's not going to do it right, I guess, but that doesn't happen in the status quo anyway. This is an interesting moment. You've lived in Stockton for a long time. You were a reporter in Stockton for a while. Were you surprised when you heard about this pilot program? I think everybody had misgivings. You know, reason is because of the fact that immediately you think, well, how are they going to spend this money? Are they going to spend this money on drugs, luxury items? How is this money going to be spent? And a lot of people had problems with that, even though it wasn't their money. They still had problems with people getting maybe a handout rather than a hand up. And so did Mayor Tubbs have a hard time selling this to the public? Well, the thing about it is he didn't really have to sell it to the public, so to speak, because it was a private enterprise. It was a private study. This is a basic pilot program that's being studied to see how it will accomplish its ends. So he didn't have to get it through council. He didn't have to get it through any public forum, but he did have to get it through public opinion. And I think he campaigned very well on that. One of the things I caution people is that a guaranteed income is not a panacea for every ill. Education is important. Mm-hmm. Working is important. Um, also paying people for the work they do do that's not paid, <laughs> like domestic work or child care mm-hmm. or, 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 or caregiving generally. Um, and that, I think all those things exist with yeah. this idea that we should have an economic floor for people so that they're able to build and rise themselves up. So because it was such a big question mark about how people were going to spend their money, what do we know now about how money is actually being spent? Here's how they spent the money according to the data collected by researchers for SEED. 37% went to food, 22% went to merchandise, 10% to utilities, 9% auto care, but only 2% went to self-care, like recreation, for instance. So they're spending it on the necessities of life. And some of that might include rent. Some of that might include medical attention, like going to the emergency room or something like this, because some of these people may be less than qualified to be have insurance, for instance. The other thing too is that some of the recipients who come forward with their comments say they're healthier, happier, less stress about making the month's rent, also paying down credit card debt, and one mom being able to send her son to football camp and buy him new shoes 
one dad spending half of that money for food and being able to afford a tutor for his daughter. That last person was Tomas Vargas, uh, who we interviewed months ago. When I first received the notification, I was kind of shocked. Uh, at first, I thought it was just a joke. With Tomas Vargas, uh, he's a logistics supervisor in a warehouse. He makes about $31,000 a year. He's also has a fiance and then two kids in the household. Now, they get by, but he's the sole provider and he's under stress a lot. But after receiving the money, he said that his stress level is way down. He's able to spend more time with the kids, read them stories, have a tutor for his daughter. It makes a difference on choices I can make. That helps with food. Like I put 250 to just the food, just for the family. I mean, it's a big stress relief. He doesn't have to work as many odd jobs to make ends meet anymore. And he can spend the time with his kids, spend the time with his family, and He's healthier overall. I'm less stressed. I'm way more happier. I get to spend more time with my kids. Um, I just got done making lays for my kids because they're going to be graduating to the next grade. So for the promotion, we did that together. I get to spend time with them, like bedtime with story time and everything. Mm -hmm. I get to see them do their homework and see what actually they're learning in school instead of before I didn't have that time. I was always working or trying to make that extra buck. That was one of the things, too, that researchers are looking at. Does this money contribute to health? Does it contribute to less stress? Some people refuse to believe that um, you should be giving out money to people who don't earn it. If you're going to get money, you should work for it. Okay, But a lot of people don't realize a lot of them are working. But you still can't make ends meet, and it's not their fault. The time that they have to spend with their kids is cut short because they're at work. So how does this $500 make a difference in being able to maybe give up maybe one job, to spend more time with the kids, spend more time getting healthier because you're not at stress level? Okay, so the program was announced in 2017. It's been going on for more than a year, and it's scheduled to end in July. Do you know whether the program's going to be continued? I asked Seed about that. Uh, they said that they're hoping to have it extended. Uh, they don't know anything as far as in terms of an exact confirmation, but they do have a conversation about extending seed. And at this point, it would be with the original 125 recipients, and it would be the same amount of money, $500 a month. They're hoping for an extension that would take until the end of January of 2021. What do you think people in the Bay Area who don't go to Stockton very often, but maybe read about it when stories like guaranteed income come about. What do you think they should know about the city of Stockton that's maybe, you know, not a next door neighbor, but that's not that far away? Well, I think, you know, Stockton has had a bad reputation, let's put it that way. But people who live in Stockton, I guess, are looking for a better way of life. People want to get ahead. They want to have a job, but a job that pays well that can cover the bills. So Stockton, I guess, is looking to forward in that direction and it's taking baby steps at this point, but hopefully, you know, they can turn things around and bring in a CSU to the city, bringing uh, more jobs, more industry. The basic guaranteed income helps many of those people at the lower end of the economic scale. But at the same time, too, how much of it is a permanent solution? We don't know yet. 
When it first began, though, I think there were a lot of people who were on the other side of the fence, so to speak. But I think they, a lot of people have been won over by seeing some of the results from this basic income uh, project. And I think people are changing their minds about it. Maybe not everybody, but I think there's a tendency to see, hey, this isn't such a bad thing. And the people who are in it are being responsible for it. I mean, people know what they need to buy. People know what they need to spend the money on. And it's happening now. I wonder if people will also have more sympathy now because of what's happening with the pandemic. I think more people can see what happens when the bottom falls out. And right now, during this pandemic, that $500 is keeping many people being able to at least buy the essentials. They may not be able to pay all of the rent, but they can put some food on the table. In an interview with KQED earlier this month, Mayor Michael Tubbs said that people who are getting the $500 monthly checks have shifted their spending habits during the pandemic. They're now making sure that even more of it goes to the essentials. So we found that during the COVID time, food spending went up from about a third of all purchases to up to 50%. And that spending declined on things like, um, like appliances and clothing, etc. The full report on the basic income experiment in Stockton is scheduled to come out in 2021. And meanwhile, there are other places interested in trying out this idea too. Earlier this month, Santa Clara County approved their own basic income program for youth who are transitioning out of foster care. Rich Ibera is a correspondent for Capital Public Radio and a longtime resident of Stockton. And hey, before I let you go, I know listening habits have changed under the shelter-in-place orders. So however you're listening to the Bay, whether you are listening in the morning or throughout the day or in the evening, thanks for being with us. This episode of the Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and our editor, Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for us. We'll talk to you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randall Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.